Are you a law firm wanting to grow? Then the Practice Insider podcast is for you. With every episode, hear from legal practice insiders talk about the things you need to know to better manage, market and grow your legal practice. Now, here are your hosts, Dan Toombs and Ben Deverson. Welcome to Practice Insiders. I'm Dan Toombs. I'm from Fast Firms and I am again with my co-host, Ben Deverson, for another edition of the Practice Insiders podcast. Hey, Dan, how are you? Very well, Ben. Hey, today I've got a good chat uh, with Emma Mahaffey, and Emma's the uh, the former head of culture at Virgin Airlines, and no guessing, but today we are talking about culture, particularly how it relates with law firms. Now, how this is derived is because um, Emma and I, uh, we, we work with a mutual client, and um, like you, Ben, I've worked with lots of culture strategists uh, in, in lots of lit- different legal practices over many years. But I really like how Emma approached uh, this particular culture uh, work with this law firm, uh, quite quite a you know, growth-orientated legal practice, and it was from the ground up. So instead of you know, how some culture strategists will, will apply a methodology that is all about, well, tell us um, who needs to be on the bus and, uh, and where the bus is going, and then we'll get rid of everybody that is on the bus that isn't going in that right direction. Emma approached it quite differently and said, well, hang on, look, you've, you've got a great team of people on the bus. Let's actually work out why they're here, why they want to be part of the journey. And it was just a great little paradigm shift. So I was just super keen to get Emma on the podcast. Yeah, and I love this conversation, uh, Dan, because uh, like you, uh, I'm a uh, massive advocate of strong, effective cultures, uh, not only because it's important, uh, it's important for a number of reasons in relation to the high morale of staff, but also what we don't want is toxic culture. Uh, and, you know, I could throw a number of cliches around here on this one, but this is a prime example in my view that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, now, I'm not sure who coined that phrase, but it's something I've followed always. And I do delve in this area myself quite considerably. Often we're, we're tasked with operational reviews and uh, operational projects, but often it is a cultural element given that change comes down to people. Uh, so I was really um, enjoying listening to this, this chat with you and Emma, and uh, hopefully our listeners feel the same way. Yeah, look, let's cut to it. And, and in fact, I opened with that very question. One of the perennial questions often asked is whether or not in the context of positioning the law firm, does strategy shape culture or does culture shape strategy? Now, I've got my own views on this, but I wanted to hear it from an expert. And today I'm with Emma Mahaffey, a former head of culture at Virgin Airlines and now consultant via her own business, MJoy. Emma, I'm sure you've heard this question plenty of times. I have indeed, Dan. And it's something that I I think I've been somewhat blessed to have worked under the Virgin brand for a long time because it's something that they firmly believe that culture and people come first and it's something that they they practice constantly. Yet I have equally seen throughout my time at Virgin when we've had new people come in um, outside the business where they've tried to sort of do it in reverse. And I think for me the, the, funda- the fundamental part of it is unless people know why the company they work for exists um, and, and what they're there to do, 
it's impossible for them to then ask people to act upon a strategy. If you don't know why you're there, if you don't know what you're doing every day or what the purpose of the company is, how can you then execute a strategy? Um, and that's where I think I've seen the disconnect happen um, across businesses. We've had the pleasure of working with a law firm uh, collaboratively uh, in recent times. And just from my own you know, perspective, uh, you came in to do the, to do the culture work and it actually um, revitalised the whole strategy as a consequence. I mean, I think that you unearthed a whole lot of things within that business that they weren't aware of because they'd never done the culture work. And consequently, now what's happened is it's, it's, it's revitalised the brand because the brand is now driven by the people, uh, mm. which is fantastic. Mm. Absolutely. And the thing about um, understanding your purpose and why you're there and then understanding a shared um, collection of values and behaviours and a kind of an agreement on just how do we behave, it unifies people. And the problem with strategy is sometimes people think strategy is something for senior management, right? It's not something for everybody. And the difference is with purpose and values, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter if you are delivering the mail or if you're the CEO of the company, everyone is accountable for the same Um, driver of why we're here and how we're going to behave. So when you nail that and you get that, it doesn't matter what your pillars of your strategy are or what you're trying to achieve. You actually apply the same principles. So it brings, it gives everyone a chance to have a voice. And I think sometimes with strategy and like, I think we've all seen it, you know, we use far too bigger words or complex language and we're kind of like, do people actually understand what we're asking them to do? My challenge to people is if people don't understand it, they're not going to execute on it. So the, the purpose bit, because purpose is a motive, the why you get up every morning, what's your driver? And it is, it has to be a motive. And your values are also quite a motive because it's that unique differentiator and how we're going to behave. Everyone can execute on that. And if you get that right and everyone's humming along on that same path, then when you're dropping in things that need to happen to make the business successful, it's easy. Do you find, Em, that that's, it's a really big paradigm shift for some businesses? You know, like so, so some businesses, I'm assuming, would be very much uh, anchored in, in strategy and, look, this is the way we do things without, without little regard to the people underneath them. Uh, how do you actually sort of canvas, the, you know, the, the conversation around, well, hang on, let's look at culture? Yeah, look, I think a lot of companies struggle with this and I do understand, you know, it's sort of probably in the past been positioned as a bit fluffy and a bit nice to have Um, and yet it's just the opposite. Like at the end of the day, it's your people delivering and making your business successful. You know, as as businesses evolve and, you know, businesses get more competitive, um, there's a lot of similarities between products and services. So really the differentiator is people nine times out of ten. People in the service that you provide is is often going to be the differentiator. So how that isn't the primary investment, how that isn't the number one focus kind of staggers me a little bit um, because if they're not engaged and on board, then they're not going to deliver on anything that you come up with. So I do think it's a big shift. I think it it, uh, requires some bravery. I think there's this bravery to not see it the way that people have always seen it. Um, it does work and it's something that I, every time we go there, every time I can sit down with a company and get them to see it, you can see the difference. And to me, it's going to be the difference. It's companies that believe that there is a purpose beyond profit are going to be the yeah. ones that are successful over the next 10 years to me. 
in the context of Virgin, um, how tricky was it for you to have this sort of brand? I mean, when I think about brands, I think of them as archetypes. So I sort of consider the, you know, the, like the Virgin brand as being this jester type, you know, where, you know, you've got the Richard Branson sort of fun loving and, you know, carefree, but um, not to mention the fact that you're, you know, you're floating these massive tubes in the sky where, you know, safety and all that sort of stuff has got to be really paramount. But, but how do you, um, as a head of culture, uh, you know, keep that culture sort of incubated and tight and, and always on song with strategy. It must be a challenge. Look, it, it is. I think it's a challenge, challenge in any company. I think, though, that the way the company was founded and something that it fortunately has never lost in its 20 years was that belief that um, if you get the right people with the right attitude and that you put your people first, that they'll look after your customer. I mean, that was one of Richard Branson's famous quotes. And it's not a it's not a cliche because it's something that we come back to all the time. You know, you've got to check in with your people. You've got to check in that they're happy and listen to them. You've got to give them a reason to come to work every day. You've got to understand their drivers, what motivates them, what inspires them, um, what their journey is as an employee. Focusing on all of that, um, allows them to come to work and be them themselves. Like people just wanted to come to work and do awesome things and treat people. They were just proud of the brand because the brand looked after them. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think just by, you know, look, at the end of the day, Virgin had a, a big belief in hiring people that that understood this and got this. You know, I had the pleasure of interviewing Brett Godfrey at the 20-year mark and just talked to him about how it all first started. And he just reiterated exactly that. He said the hiring process, he said, you know, aside from pilots, which was essential that you knew what you were doing, he said for everybody else, it was around this this attitude and this this, this positivity um, and this belief in teamwork and, and just yeah. getting some joy and fun out of life. So I think having that as a focus um, has always been a focus of Virgin and it, meant, it made our lives easier because we were able to constantly bring it back to that. And, and, and consequently disrupted a, a very sort of antiquated uh, industry. Mm. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I remember him saying to me, actually, he said, at the end of the day, Em, everything was the same. They were trees in the sky. There were people walking up and down the aircraft serving food. He yeah. said, literally, you could swap uniforms and it just be all <laughs> the same thing. He said, so we had this opportunity to go. He said, we were either going to um, be really, really successful or fail spectacularly. And, you know, we were really successful because we challenged um, that 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 behaviour that was out there and did something really different. Yeah, wow, wow. Now, um, culture isn't a set and forget sort of methodology. So I, I, I'm just thinking that there may well be, you know, legal practices uh, out there listening uh, to this podcast thinking, well, okay, look, let's, let's get, you know, M in to do some work within our business. But it's, it's, it's not something that you just, you know, come in, do a, do a culture session for a couple of hours and walk away. You know, you've got to keep on top of this, don't you? Oh, 100%. Like one of my biggest things is if, you know, culture is not a set of pretty words on a wall. And if you think it is, then then you probably it's not the right start. I mean, my first thing is is to always get the understanding from the CEO and the C suite as to how they feel about this. You need yeah. buy in from the top. You need your people who make those decisions to be on board with it. And then the second thing is, I mean, look, it doesn't need to be a complicated piece of work, but it's about consistency. So for me, it is embedded in everything, every single touch point, and that comes with time. So to me, any kind of work you do where you define what you stand for, um, what your values are. You then need to look at your entire employee um, sort of life cycle and, and embed that. So from the moment you hire someone, people should be thinking and feeling what you say you stand for to all the moments on their journey. Um, and the beauty is holding people accountable to it. I mean, you should be able to sit in a meeting. And if, you know, I, I remember one of the Virgin companies I worked with value was um, make it wow, right? Yeah, yeah, and they would sit in a meeting and, you know, with senior leaders and junior people and someone would come up with an idea and someone would stop them and go, hang on, but 
does that feel wow? Because wow is not something you could do a little bit of. You're not like a little bit wow. Or yeah. it's, wow is wow. So it meant that people could constantly hold people accountable to it. So it's when you start to see the language just infused in the way you talk, the way you behave, everything, that's when companies nail it. And the truth yeah. is not many companies do. So it's a real, um, it's an opportunity um, for people to really lean in and do something different. And, and I suppose for some businesses, there might be this fear that, gosh, you know, we've got this culture person that's going to come in and expose who we really are because they're going to start, start talking to our people about, you know, what, 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 what are you really like? Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that's exactly right. So I think this is partially why it's an area that people kind of might avoid. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, the, the, bravery and trust and bold. People just want people to be genuine. It's not a, I think the misunderstanding with people is that they just want to hear all the correct answers and everything that works for them. They actually just want a bit of honesty. There's yeah. nothing more inspiring than a leader who can admit where they're doing something wrong or they haven't got it right because they're just human at the end of the day. And, you know, we saw that last year um, when I was working under Paul Scarra, he had to get on a video and let go thousands of people to tell them that we couldn't keep their jobs. Now, that could have been done under the secrecy of an email, um, but it was done face-to-face -face with real emotion, and that's what people value. So it's not always about have everything to be great. It's just about having the bravery and honesty to face up to when it's not. People are mm -hmm. very receptive to that. Love it. Now, Em, uh, if, uh, if law firms listen to this podcast want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Yes, so just uh, jump on either LinkedIn um, and look up MJoy and just send me a message. I'd be uh, happy to have a chat. Cool. It certainly brings me joy to see other people. You know, at the end of the day, we've all got to go to work every day. Uh, why not do it uh, in a joyful way and be happy? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Thanks very much, Em. Thanks, Dan. Ben, what a great chat with Emma Mahaffey. Uh, you know, just wealth of knowledge there. Uh, that is um, ready to be consumed by law firms that really want to jump on or should jump on one of the most important facets of legal practice. Absolutely. And it is fortunately becoming far more prevalent in, in uh, our contemporary world now, uh, putting aside any industry, but in particular law. Um, and there's a lot of happening in that in that space in relation to cultural enhancement, ensuring uh, things like uh, equitable briefing practices and you name it. Uh, there is so much going on in that, in that space, positive change. Uh, and I think that some of the comments Emma's made has just proven how, how effective she can be to support that. So, yeah, great, great conversation. Thanks, Dan. Now, for listeners that want to reach out to Emma, uh, you can do so at uh, mjoy.com.au and we'll re leave the relevant details in the show notes uh, below this podcast. Now, uh, join us again for the next edition of the Practice Insiders podcast, where we will again bring you uh, somebody special who will uh, give some particular insight into you know, facets of growing your legal practice. Thanks for listening to the Practice Insiders podcast. For free resources, including extended podcast interviews, webinars, and exclusive offers, head to practiceinsiders.com.